huge. Relationships is the only reason I um, had built that company out and done what I did during the pandemic. So building relationships, should, you should spend 90% of your time building relationships. Uh, business comes down to fundamentals. So I'm a big believer, it doesn't matter the product or the service. To run a business is essentially the same way in every industry. Um, but knowing people and having those connections and you know, talking about the ego thing, making sure that sometimes you just connect two people and let them see what happens. That's Katie Kay. Katie Kay is a serial entrepreneur, investor, international speaker, and coach. Katie's journey into entrepreneurship started at age 19, where she grew her retail empire fast and global. She built and sold off her first 12 companies and quickly became a millionaire by the age of 23. Some would say she knows a thing or two about growing, scaling, and investing in companies on a mass scale, especially considering how she started at her young years. Katie now owns multiple companies, brands, and investments worldwide and is always on the hunt for the next big thing. Well, we can take it back to the cookie cutter analogy of they need to go back to a recipe. They need to have something that's concrete, that's a rock, that they know that if they're excelling, they're excelling past their standard operating procedures, right? So they need to know that this is what, how we run. This also shapes our culture. This also shapes what we represent. You know, operating procedures can be day-to-day tasks. They can be vision. They can be culture. They can be so many things. In each episode of this podcast, David and I will interview guests who have faced adversity in their personal and professional lives and find out what mindset they employed to triumph. Now, we seek the truth through real-life encounters and candid conversations with thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here, you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries face immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. I'm Bob Bianchi. At the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, we are a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge our clients with crimes. Our entire legal team is made up of former prosecutors. Weekly and even daily, our attorneys are asked to be media analysts on nationally syndicated TV news shows. We take our three core principles of courage, compassion, and commitment to broadcast every day. You may have seen us on Fox News, One America News, Court TV, Long Crime Network, CNN, and Newsmax, just to mention a few, as we are being asked to decipher the truth on today's most coveted court cases. And I'm Dave Bruno. In each of the episodes of this podcast, Bob and I will interview guests who have faced adversity in their personal and professional lives and find out what mindset they employ to triumph. Now, we seek the truth through real-life encounters and candid conversations with thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here, you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries face immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. Katie Kay is a serial entrepreneur, investor, international speaker, and coach. Katie has a passion for helping fellow entrepreneurs grow and scale their companies and teaching them the techniques to do so and ultimately live the life that they've always dreamed of. Katie's story has inspired thousands of entrepreneurs around the world from the large stages to the one-on-one interactions with her private clients and partners. 
Katie has already accomplished so much in her entrepreneurial journey, but she will always remind you she's just getting started. All being brought to you on Nothing But The Truth podcast, we began our conversation with her origin story of starting a small retail company and then achieving incredible mega success with trials of perfection and then immense scaling and success. Yes, of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I know we're back to virtual, which is great, but not great at the same time because we had so much fun in person. Um, But yeah, so thank you for having me. I am Katie Kay, based out of Toronto. And yes, I started my retail companies when I was 19. Um, And the funny thing is, is before we even get into kind of scaling of things and coaching of things, I always say they see me now and we just had that big intro of what I've done and I've accomplished. One, I'm not even done getting started. But two, it all started from a farmer's booth market. So if you're listening to this and you're starting out and you're in the the very beginning stages, it, it sounds amazing and elaborate now but it really did start from a simple place. I do genuinely believe everyone can have the success they want when they have the right coaches and plan in place. You know, Katie, something that strikes me about every guest that we have on here, and even in my law practice, seeing those who have succeeded so much is in the end, and people think it's odd and it sounds cliche, corny, whatever word you want to use. It's about mindset. Talk to me about your mindset and where that led you and how you coach your people now to get them into the right mindset. Like, what are some of the pitfalls of their mindset? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, so my personal mindset, and it started going through something at 19 to kind of activate that, but I really have an on and off switch. So I'm able to pivot and adapt and be who I need to be in different scenarios. You know, Katie, who's coaching someone is not the same as Katie in her business. And Katie in her business is not the same Katie as Katie in investments, right? And I feel that one, you have to remove emotion to money and emotion to business before you even start the game, no matter what level you're at. Um, I just did a, a class a couple of days ago with 200 people. And I said, you know, look at it like baseball. You have to figure out what home base is mentally for you and financially, right? So figure out what that is and then start hitting singles, then start hitting doubles and then start hitting home runs. But where are your coaches always sitting on first and third base, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that mindset of not, you know, walk before you run and really just having this activation switch that you can you can turn on and turn off because I think you really have to, especially what we just went through, you have to be able to separate both and keep a positive mindset. Well, I I I want to drill down a little bit on this um, uh, uh, divorcing yourself. I think I heard you say from your emotion for your money. Like when COVID was happening, so many people. It reminded me that they ever watched my cousin Vinny. Um, you know, they would have emails that would say, "Okay, this uh, the the law office is closed due to COVID." Um, there's a reference in my cousin Vinny store closed due to the flu, but, uh, and, and we felt like it was an opportunity to, to be able to venture into different things and to make capital investments when it seemed like the worst time to, to lose your liquidity because we didn't know. I mean, we made intelligent ones, but talk to me more about what you mean about emotion and connection to money. Yeah. So one, when everyone's running one way, definitely run the other way. Anyone who's done something successful in life has has followed that path, right? You look at the big people in the world, Bezos, all, all these people we look up to, they were doing something that no one necessarily believed in. So on an ideology level, um, you really have to kind of remove that part of it. 
But emotion to money, I always say, especially when I coach people, is the first thing I ask, you know, how were you raised by your mother? How were you raised by your father? Um, if you're married, how were they raised? And you can instantly see how you become emotional to money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how we met JT, he always says this, it's not how much money it's going to um, cost me, it's how much money it's going to make me right? And it's just zeros on a screen. And I think the more you do in business and the more success you have, you start to realize that a deal that you do for a hundred thousand, the fundamentals are the same as a million and 10 million. It's just different zeros. So you can go into things having lower risk and lower emotion, and you can make more logical thoughts and processes and decisions, which ultimately will make you more successful. Too many people hold back in fear, especially in COVID. Like a lot of people did sit back and say, you know, no, I'm at X amount of wealth. I'm okay. You know, we can tiptoe here, tiptoe there because we don't know what's going to happen, but you have to still take a risk analysis and say, there are risks that can be taken. And for me personally, I ended up doing deals, excuse me, in an industry I knew nothing about and putting people together and making insane money in something I literally knew nothing about. And it was all because my emotion isn't there. Right. I don't have a thought. Uh, and it could could have been because I did it so young. And maybe that's where mine comes from. But I know how I was raised. And I know how, you know, my husband was raised. And I have to take those two things and go, okay, this isn't necessarily right. This isn't necessarily right. And create my own version of emotion to money. Because we're we're we are who we were surrounded with, right? We can't control how we were raised. Um, but you really want to go into things with logical decisions as opposed to I'm not going to invest in X, Y, and Z because I'm afraid that I won't get the return I need Um, because it's always going to be that mindset then. Yeah. That's like the uh, keeping the mattress, uh, the money under the mattress or keeping it in a low yielding account. But, but I think our audience would like to know, like you pivoted, excuse me, into other businesses and they may say, well, that's easy for her because she's who she is. But you're not who you were because, except for a long time ago, you went out of one comfortable zone and moved into another one. How do people do that? Where do they find those opportunities? Yeah, I, you know what? I also say it's 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 easier. People look at it and they think it's easier now. It's actually easier when you have nothing to lose. I I would say I struggle more now with risk because I have something to protect. Right. And so now I have to notice myself doing that, reevaluate and say, no, make this decision, take this risk. Where before, you know, if you're starting at ground zero, you have nothing to lose. Right. So I really operated out of that. There's nothing there. Nothing could get worse than this. I mean, what am I going to do? Bankrupt, bankrupt zero dollars. Who cares? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that when someone has a level of X wealth, that's when you actually start to play more safe and you can, you can start to put money in a reserve and start to play things safe. But if you want to go to that next level, it's going to take a new risk, right? New level, new devil. There's always going to be those next steps. Um, I talked about this at mega success where I said, you know, we hear all the time, you got to have goals and visions and, you know, your 10 year plan and your five year plan. And that's all fine and dandy, but people stay too narrow minded. And opportunities are like behind your blinders, essentially, right? So as I was still running everything I was running during COVID and doing what I was doing, I was locked down. So I had more time to be networking and talking to people. And those opportunities came because my blinders were off. And so it's very important to stay on track with what you're trying to accomplish in business, but being open to other things can come out of nowhere. 
and looking at things in a very simplistic, fundamental way. Like business is very, very simple, but I feel like people always overcomplicate, overanalyze. Um, I know I, I coach people in this, in this, all different industries within business. And that's the number one issue. We're overanalyzing, complicating, and I do it as well, right? I have to bounce off my coaches to say, this, 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 this is what I want to do. And they're like, no, Katie, ABC, right? So I think that you have to have a vision. You have to have a goal. Like you said, when you're trying to find those opportunities, it comes from having your peripherals and and looking around for it. All right, Dave, we have a short time left. You talked about values. And um, not only have you been through these businesses, created your own, you're coaching now. Can you tell us, you know, what kind of values that you see stand out in some of the most successful individuals that you've come into contact with? Yeah, I think it really comes down to trust, integrity, ethics, loyalty. Um, If you've gotten any level of success in your life, you've been betrayed, you've been sued, you've been through all these things. Um, So it actually really does come down to how these people operate as a human being. Um, if someone instantly is going to talk to me about what their commission is or what they're getting out of a deal, they're not in it for the long term, and I'm in it for the long term. So I don't want short term relationships. I want long term relationships. I, I think and, what you just said, like I always say, somebody may take something out of your loyalty bank account, but you can never look at it as a debit because if you do, it'll affect everything else that you do. That's on them, not on you. Move forward. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Completely agree with that. It's short-minded. It's not long-term, um, and you don't you don't win championships playing the short game. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable, uh, Dave. We we we've known that we've had some disloyal things happen to us in our career, and you know I've always said just keep on moving forward because it's you know I'm not going to wake up every day living and dying by what it is that they did to me and, and letting my life be uh, coming to a, a stop because of it. And uh, we have Katie Kay with us right now. She's been a a serial entrepreneur. She's amazing in all ways, speaking, coaching, uh, a great success story in and of her right. She's only getting started. I love the line that you were saying before I wrote it down, level the devil. Well, well, that may be the name of the show. We subtitle level the devil, Dave Bruno. You got some questions uh, for Katie about, about how do we go about moving into the scaling of a business? But I do have one question first, real quick. Yeah. How important, because you diversified into other areas that you knew nothing about, you said, and you did very well. How much did contacts and networking mean to you in order to accomplish that? Huge. Relationships is the only reason I um, had built that company out and done what I did during the pandemic. So building relationships, you should spend 90% of your time building relationships. Uh, Business comes down to fundamentals. So I'm a big believer. It doesn't matter the product or the service. To run a business is essentially the same way in every industry, Um, but knowing people and having those connections and, you know, talking about the ego thing, making sure that sometimes you just connect two people and let them see what happens, right? Introduce other people to your network as well. Yeah, I love it. I love uh, growing the network. I love having that that mindset. You know, Katie, there are a lot of people out there um, that are not scaling their businesses because they think they could do it all by themselves. Um, some of it's ego. Some of it is maybe they're the best at what they do. Um, but there's a point in time, I would imagine, that you just hit a wall. You just cannot do it all yourself. There's only so much time in the day. And as people get older, maybe they're a little bit more limited. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, but tell us, as you've seen, what's the key to scaling and delegation? Yeah, it's going to come down to the people that you have first and foremost, but that comes down to you as the leader. So 
I have dealt with that, you know, been there, done that, got the t-shirt where I thought I could do it all. And it's not scalable. It doesn't matter if it's sales, if it's marketing, if, you know, you guys are lawyers, there is eventually a point in which you need a team around you. And some people will use an example with me with, you know, let's say a singer or a songwriter, right? So they are clearly the act of the show, but that singer does not know how to put together a tour. That singer does not know how to put together merchandise, right? Advertise, marketing. So I always argue with that because even if you are the figure of your business, you can still scale to massive extremes when you have the right systems and processes. So for me, I always use a cookie cutter analogy and it worked with my business in the sense of my very first location was where we got all the kinks out. It's where we worked on um, systems, processes, teams, how we were going to run everything. And I would say the first two or three was where we really started to work out more kinks, right? Now we're juggling multiple locations. I now need, you know, someone under me that is thinking like me, working like me. And until the very first cookie is perfect, the recipe is perfect, you know, everything's going exactly how it is, then you can cookie cut. And once I had it down pat, I was opening a store a month um, and I took that to Europe. So it, once it's working, repeating, it's very easy. It's just like, you know, command V, copy paste, right? Um, but you really have to work on making sure that you have it working in a sense in one location or one industry, wherever you're, you're using this in your business, and then duplicating. And I think sometimes people want to run before they walk um, and something's working really well and you can lose everything doing that. So I always, you know, you want to scale, but scale at a controlled rate. Yeah, that, that reminded me of Bill Nair Fred when he was talking about uh, trying to come up with all those floppy disks and he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't ready for it. He was sitting there where he couldn't sleep putting the things in and trying to copy them. So, uh, but yeah. obviously he became a huge success because he's billionaire Fred. Exactly. Uh, so he figured it out. Uh, I, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about when you say hire that person, I, I find that to be the most challenging thing. When I was the county prosecutor, I found it to be challenging. I always believe hire the right people, even if it takes us forever to do it. And I'd rather have an unskilled person with a positive attitude than a really skilled person with a crappy attitude. How do you go about finding that person that's going to be able to be right underneath such a successful person like yourself and get the job done? Yeah, I'm the same way. I'd rather take someone from the bottom and work them to the top because that's how I essentially made my success as well. I don't care what's on your resume. I don't care what fancy degree you have. That's just my personal opinion um, because some of those people were given their degrees, right? They didn't have to go work nine to five or five to eight to pay for their school. You know, I want to know the story of the person. People is the hardest thing in business. I have a three P's rule. It's people, persistence, and profits. And it's the three things I care about. I don't care about revenue you make. I want to know what your profit margins are. I want to know who your people are because it determines who you are as a leader. Um, and so when you're working with your teams, you're going to have that one person that's always going to be your right-hand woman or your right-hand man. And I always go back to, you have to give them the reins and be okay with it. Obviously protect yourself legally, but Kentucky fried chicken never gave away the recipe. So Chalet never gave away the recipe to the sauce, right? There's all these, these stories where there's got to be something tangible that you as a leader, you as the owner still own and hold on to. Um, and then as far as bringing those kind of entrepreneurs out of people, I always say incentivize them. 
right? Get to know them. Ask them what they want out of their career. Otherwise, they are going to go on Google at night and try to find a different job. If you're not asked, we're humans at the end of the day. So lead with compassion. If there's something they're not enjoying, something they're not liking, put them in a position where they can thrive as opposed to I pay you and I'm the leader. So therefore, you have to listen to me and do your job. You could pull so much more out of people when you find out what their real strengths are and put them in that position. And that's why hiring is so hard because we put out an ad and we say, okay, we're looking for this person. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they might have half the qualities that we're looking for, but there's these other qualities that they have that would be way better in our business where we could transition them over to. So I also don't like job titles. I like to create job titles as we go. Um, because I find that once you really get to know the employee and what they're doing and what they want to accomplish, they're happy. And when they're happy, they're doing what you need them to do, right? We're humans at the end of the day. Katie, I, I'm listening to, I, I love this. I really do. Dave knows I love this because I'm, I'm big into the spirituality of things and uh, positive energy in the world brings positivity back. Even if somebody takes something out of your trust account, you keep on moving on and don't let them affect you. I've heard you use words so far because I was writing them down. Trust, integrity, loyalty, compassion. These are personal values that you possess as a human being. Talk to us about how I, I, you kind of went around the edges of it, but how important who you are, who Katie K is in terms of how your business has become so successful. Is it because of those ingredients? Absolutely. I think it's the, the key to everything. I lead by that. I exemplify that. And that didn't just come overnight. That's from a lot of people being very shitty to me over the years and everything else coming together. Right. So I've always been that person, but instead of using those things as a what was me victim mentality and I'm just going to lay down as a dog, it turned into my power. And so therefore I always want to be that person. I always want to show up as that person because I want my team and who I surround myself with to be those people. Like I won't do partnerships and I won't go in business. If I think you have a bad personality or bad mindset, I'm trying to watch my words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Victim, victim versus I feel like some swear words are going to come out there. So I held it back. Yeah, you're, you're, hey, it's your truth. It's nothing but the truth. But that whole thing, I really think we're going down the tubes. I'm going to let Dave's going to give a question in a second because we have a victim mentality and not a victor mentality. And uh, you can have a victor mentality no matter how many times people kick you in the teeth, Dave. Yeah, no, you're speaking our language. I mean, this is something that we continually discuss. And you're talking about partners. I mean, I'm so lucky to have Bob as my partner. And we've talked about this too. When you come into business, you have to rely on other people. And you really have to trust them with your life. When it comes down to finances, when it comes to scaling, especially, you got to be on the same page with your partners, right? You talked about the teams and the scaling. I want to get to the really the, the, the glue that puts it all together. And that's the standard operating procedures. And we're, we're, we're looking at these now in, in our law practice, and I think that everybody, every business needs them. Why are they important as you scale and you start adding team members to, to the cookie cutter uh, or the business? Why is it important to have those standard operating procedures? Well, we can take it back to the cookie cutter analogy of they need to go back to a recipe. They need to have something that's concrete, that's a rock, that they know that if they're excelling, they're excelling past their standard operating procedures, right? So they need to know that this is what, how we run. This also shapes our culture. This also shapes what we represent. 
you know, operating procedures can be day-to-day tasks, they can be vision, they can be culture, they can be so many things. HR has a whole different um, procedure. So making sure that people have a rock, you know, I always say business is a tidal wave and you need to be a rock in the tidal wave. And that's what procedures are. And so if your team has something always to go back to, always to look on, they know that, you know, worst case, at least this is what they're doing. And if they're excelling, they know why they're excelling, right? Oh, I did X, Y, and Z more than what I was told to do or more than what our procedures tell me to do, right? I went above and beyond and I'm trying to, you know, show my worth within a company or I need to check in. I'm not doing everything I'm supposed to be doing because I'm not following what my company is asking of me. Um, It's very easy, especially once you have really good people Um, and we just talked about it with partnerships, to become friends with a lot of the people that you work with, to have these deeper relationships, but you always need to be able to have business relationships. And so to have something tangible to say, this is what we require, this is what we expect, this is how we want our systems to run, that just keeps everything smooth as far as scaling, as far as, you know, growing the business and things like that. So it's got to be the rock in the business in the tidal wave. Dave, yeah, well, I I think that the systems and procedures, you know, we put them into place and I think that it actually uh, gives them a measurement and a metric I have found in my career uh, that it's actually made a happier and more productive employee as well, Katie. All right, listen, I, I, I could sit here and I know Dave could as well and listen to you for hours. We, we were so impressed with you at Mega Success. Uh, we'd love to keep a relationship with you going because we think you're amazing. And let's not forget, you got Bruno over here. So, you know, we're going to be going into the podcast. We'll be all over the place. But this is Katie Kay's Nothing But The Truth. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Again, we want to give a huge thank you to Katie Kay, an accomplished young entrepreneur, investor, international speaker, and coach for mega success. Thank you, Katie, for being on the podcast today. Katie definitely left an impression on me when she said, people have to have a rock. Business is a tidal wave and you need to have a rock in the tidal wave. That's what procedures are for. This way, your team always has something to go back to, always something to look to. They know what they are doing and how to excel. You've been listening to Nothing But The Truth podcast with me, David Bruno, and my partner, Robert Bianchi. We are two former prosecutors leading a team of former prosecutors who aggressively fight the government when our clients are charged with crimes. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you could leave a review and share this podcast to anyone that you think would benefit from these stories of rising from adversity and thriving for ultimate success. For more information on this interview with KDK, see the show notes of this episode in your podcast app or visit BianchiLawGroup.com and click on the media podcast tab for the full episode. At Bianchi Law Group, they will guide you through their free consultation, laying down the foundation for your criminal defense with the right legal advice and team. All of their lawyers are highly experienced former prosecutors. Therefore, you know you can face a criminal trial with a strong defense. Their firm continuously makes numerous appearances in revered publications and TV networks. Their extensive experience in criminal law makes them confident in the legal field, at the same time offering their three pillars of service, courage, compassion, and commitment to all of their clients. Without the right legal advice and help, you face a criminal trial that can result in dire consequences with hefty fines and a prison sentence. 
If you are in New Jersey and facing criminal charges, you need to contact the Bianchi Law Group LLC now. 862-210-8570 or BianchiLawGroup.com. Their team of criminal defense lawyers considers you as a whole person and tailors the best defense strategy and resolution for your situation and convene the strongest possible defense. Robert A. Bianchi Esquire and David J. Bruno Esquire are New Jersey Supreme Court certified criminal trial attorneys of Bianchi Law Group, LLC, handling criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases with a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge their clients with crimes. 8 Campus Drive, Suite 105, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054, 862-210-8570. The Bianchi Law Group, LLC, has prepared this concern for general information purposes. Nothing herein is intended to create an attorney-client relationship and shall not be construed as legal advice. The preceding program was paid for by Bianchi Law Group, LLC. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMTR. As always, it is advisable to consult a professional before making a major decision.